Hello, welcome to You Can't Get to Heaven in a Mini Skirt. My name is Sarah, and I am one of your hosts. And I am Jessica, and I am the other host. And if you would like to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Heaven in a Mini Skirt and Twitter at Mini Skirt Pod. Or you can also visit our website at Heaven in a Mini so right, find us find us on social media and you can join club v club v <laughs> yeah it's a monthly subscription to help help keep you all pure we're just we're joking that's not a thing 50 dollars um, a month and we'll keep you pure yeah <laughs> no this is not this is not your uh virginity pledge support group not here not now not ever <laughs> so this week's episode is headship and submission and it's been kind of painful and awful to go back down this road because this was something that really impacted me and my views and understanding of women and men and femininity and masculinity growing up so I'm sorry that I made you do this no no I was just like I'm (laughs) I said to my partner today I was like I'm gonna be so glad to get this over with because it's so frustrating like watching videos and seeing that this is still something that is widespread within evangelical communities today yeah when I started researching for the podcast I noticed that a lot of things that I was like oh people don't do this anymore I noticed that people still do these things and you're like oh my gosh like this is still happening I just don't have this in my algorithm on social media or I'm not looking at these videos but it's still very much alive yeah, so I thought that this week, instead of doing story time at the end, could we do story time at the beginning? Absolutely. Because kind of one of the most important things uh, to really understand the the word and the Bible's view on, on uh, men and women is to go right back to the beginning or their beginning, you know, Genesis 5,000 years ago. That's when the world began, right? The earth is only 6,000 years old. Yes. Duh. Yes, and women came from man. So I'm just going to pull this up on Bible Gateway. So I think this week we're going to go with uh, the new international version. All right. Welcome to Storytime with Sarah. And we are going to be looking into the beginning, creation, the creation story, the foundation for creationism, which is now taught in science classrooms in some states. I'm going to be skipping around parts of Genesis right now because I'm really more interested in the parts that have to do with gender and male and female roles. So in the beginning, you know, God was creating all kinds of things. He separated the dark and the light and then the earth and the water and all these things were good. And then last up in Genesis 1, it says God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female god blessed them and said to them be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground so this this first part of the story genesis 1 pretty egalitarian god created men and women in his own image and you'll find that a lot of people that are more egalitarian within the church will will go back to this verse a lot so now we're going to see the next up genesis 2 which things get a little spicier in genesis 2 so 
God basically made everything and then they're in this beautiful, perfect garden and there's all these animals and Adam and Adam was lonely. So the Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And now the Lord had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to man to see what he would name them. So no suitable helper was found. So all the animals were not smart enough. So God put Adam into a deep sleep and performed the first surgery by taking out one of his ribs. And then he closed up the flesh and he made a woman out of the rib that was taken from man. And then he said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman for she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame. So you see the rib was taken out and that is where Eve was made and Adam actually named her Eve, which means mother of all living. And it's funny, this is a little aside, but when I was when I was growing up and in the church, it was really common for people to say it's a miracle, but men actually have one less rib than women. And I remember thinking, how can people not believe in the creation story when men have one less rib than women? <laughs> and it's, we didn't have Google back then. And this was like widely propagated within Christian circles as a rumor, as a, just a, a, a complete lie. It was totally false. Life before Google. <laughs> yeah. So I remember when I like went to verify this fact. And then I was like, oh, men and women have the same number of ribs. Like, <laughs> it's, so, it's so crazy because I had no idea about evolution or anything. When did you learn about evolution originally? I think in high school, I would have heard about evolution. I got really interested in evolution, like in the later parts of high school, yeah. specifically theistic evolution, which is trying to mash the Bible and science, which doesn't always pan out so well. So... Mm-hmm. Genesis 3, this is uh, where the serpent comes. So enter Satan. And so God had basically said, this is the garden. This is perfect. You can do anything, but don't eat from that tree, the tree of knowledge and evil, knowledge of good and evil. So basically they were kind of ignorant in the dark. And then the woman's just hanging out without her husband. And How dare she? The how dare she yeah and now the serpent he was so crafty he came and he said to the woman did god really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden the woman said to the serpent we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden but god said you may not eat from the tree this tree in the middle of the garden you must not touch it or you will die you will not certainly die the serpent said for god knows that when you eat from the tree your eyes will be opened and you will be like god knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they took some fig leaves and made a covering. And then God is just, you know, God's just hanging out and he's like, where are you? And they're like, we're hiding. And he's like, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree I commanded you not to eat from? And then Adam says, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit and I ate it. You know what, Adam? Snitches get stitches. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, she did it. And then God said to the woman, 
what have you done? And she said, the serpent deceived me. So everyone's just, you know, like Adam's blaming Eve. Eve is blaming the serpent. And then God's like, well, I'm going to curse you both now. I really, I really like that Eve desired wisdom. And in this, in this story, she was the one that was responsible for bringing, you know, the difference between evil and good and that knowledge to humankind even if she was responsible for bringing death into the world I still think it's cool that she was like I want to know more like I'm not going to just accept that you said not to eat this I'm going to I'm going to figure out for myself what is right Eve is like she's the ultimate feminist yeah she's badass but then the first woman scholar yeah the first woman scholar but then then the curse and so God said to the serpent, you got to, you have to crawl on the ground now on your belly and the woman is going to crush you with her heel. And, and then to the woman, he said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe with painful labor. You will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Boom. This is where we get the concept of headship of men ruling over women and to adam he said because you listen to your wife don't listen to your wife men just a heads up because you listen to your wife and ate fruit from the tree which i commanded you that you must must not eat from cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil you will eat food from it all the days of your life it will produce thorns and thistles and you will eat the plants of the field and by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since you were taken from it And so basically the summary here is that this is the basis for all Christian generals. Like Adam will now be the one that is working really hard and toiling, getting all the food. And then woman will be the one having all the babies in a very painful manner. And Adam will be the leader. And so that is kind of the reason why I chose this story because it's, it is used to justify headship submission it is used to justify the authority of men over women and so I thought that it would be good just to start with contextualizing kind of where where this is all coming from because you know this is I was gonna say this isn't all just made up well it it was made up by men 6,000 years ago (laughs) but the people you know people that are subscribing to the beliefs of of male headship and female submission within marriage tend to refer back to this first and they actually believe that it happened and then the apostle paul who is a big old sexist refers back to the fall of man and adam and eve in in the new testament as well and we're going to be diving into the word a little more than last time but diving into that scripture diving into the word and also talking about some of my experiences with male authority and this story makes me feel so icky inside and i've heard it a million times who hasn't heard the creation story that has gone to church at least one day in their life and i've heard every detail of it but just hearing it again in this context of submission and headship it makes me feel really uncomfortable and the weird the weird part about it is that i as a teenager chose or entered into a church that was much more patriarchal and much more about um, complementarianism. So I guess I should probably I should probably define some of these things because yes, for those please. of you that didn't spend 
hours and hours of their life studying the Bible, like I did with respect to this issue, that's probably confusing because I'm using these words. So I'm going to back up a bit and talk about the two main views within Christianity for gender. And these, these are views that are applied to the context of a husband and a wife in marriage. And also these apply to women within leadership positions in the church. So complementarian is a view. They would say that men and women are equal but different. And so, like, whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> it's like the belief that men should hold leadership positions over other men. And they would not have women be in authority over men. And it also views the father as the head of the household. And that a man should love his wife as Christ loved the church. And a woman should submit to her husband as the church submits to Christ. So a woman should kind of defer to her husband's authority and her husband's decisions that's the definition that I come across the most when it comes to yeah. submission and headship yeah so that's kind of the main one and then the kind of the counter view would be egalitarian and that would be that men and women can both hold leadership positions in the church um, that men and women are equal equally responsible for their family and that marriage is a partnership of two equals that are submitting to one another respecting and loving one another and that roles should be based on our abilities and our gifts and not based on our gender so normal people normal people yeah <laughs> and and it's interesting because I I kind of was interested in the views that the churches I grew up in held because when I grew up in the Baptist church and just so you know Southern Baptist is very different from Atlantic Canadian Baptist <laughs> the Atlantic Canadian Baptist Association they what about even like Western Baptist is that different from the Atlantic Baptist or is it kind of the same across Canada um no it's all a little bit different and I kind of just looked at Atlantic because we're from Atlantic Canada and so the Atlantic one they ordained the first woman woman in 1954 so that is crazy yeah I know I was actually very surprised and and so, well, there might have been within the Baptist church some hushed uh, conversations about, you know, man being the head, but it really meant, you know, that he had to love and give himself up for the woman. It wasn't day-to-day -day language that was used, and it, I don't ever remember it being preached on when I was a kid. And that's because I grew up in a church where maybe women weren't always represented equally in positions of power and authority, but... There was no kind of red tape being like, you're not allowed to do this. Yeah. So I, I'd say like if we talk denomination wise, many denominations are like that. It's like, yeah, maybe there's no women priests or women fathers or whatever, you know, for Catholic church, especially. But in the Catholic church, from my experience, Atlanta, Canada, Catholic church, it was probably a little more of a modern Catholic church, but there was many women that did many things. They just couldn't be the main the main guy but I never felt that wives were being told to submit to their husbands in the Catholic Church at all absolutely and I think when you look when you look obviously you can find polarized views where there's the most extreme complementarians that think women should not speak in church and they should wear head coverings and then you know the most extreme evangelicals that are that are that are super feminist and saying that women can do whatever men can do. There's all kinds of people in between as well. 
there's people that would say, okay, women can preach, but they can't be the head pastor. There's people that would say, okay, like men are the leader in the sense that they are to protect their wife, but you know, women can still can still work and exercise their gifts. So it's a really broad range. So what you're saying is that there's a lot of gray area. <laughs> this isn't a yes. black and white issue like everything else in life. But we'll no, have to, this... I think for this episode, we'll have to maybe talk more on black and white just to make it easier. Oh, we're going to go, we're going to go super black and white. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of dive into my journey. So my journey with, um, with learning about submission and headship was, I remember in grade seven, there was another kid in my class and he also went to church and I think he is not a Christian anymore based on me looking at his socials. So he showed me a verse and was like, just so you know, the Bible is super sexist. And I was like, no, it's not. And then I will read to you the verse that he showed me. It was first Timothy two eleven to 11 to 15. And it goes like this. A woman should learn in quietness and full submission. I do not permit a woman to teach or assume authority over a man. She must be quiet for Adam was formed first, then Eve and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. So Timothy can go fuck himself. <laughs> and so that's where you kind of where the creation story was important because you can see that that uh, Timothy is like referring back to the creation story as a framework for, okay, like number one, Adam was made first and like woman was made for man and not man for woman and then like he wasn't the one that was deceived so like women you bear children and you will be saved craziness so yeah there's all all kinds of verses that you can get into but basically the gist of it would be um this is ephesians 5 and it's wives submit yourself to your own husbands as you do to the lord for the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church his body, for which he is the savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. And then husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And then there's other verses that get into how the woman is the weaker vessel, but the gist of it is okay. Women submit to men, man is the head, and he submits to Christ. So that is kind of like the order of things. And so I remember diving into my Bible, diving into the word and reading through all this and just being shocked, finding one thing after another. The Bible is just full of contradictions. Yeah. So you can basically, you know, just looking at the the different camps of theology on this issue, you can basically prove whatever you want. And it's so it's complicated. There's a lot of nuance here. But essentially, I was like spinning and reeling because... I could not wrap my head around the fact that if a woman is more equipped and has, you know, the same intelligence, why would God make us just as intelligent and then not give us the opportunity to speak or to exercise our gifts? So that kind of sent me reeling. I became obsessed with this website called Christians for Biblical Equality. They are still going. You can check them out. They they're not in favor of like of uh, gay marriage or anything to do with queer theory, really. But they are they are more woke in the sense of they give men and women in heterosexual relationships a level playing field. So, so that website I became obsessed with. I was looking at all the counter arguments, but then somehow through a group of friends, 
when I was in like grade 10, 11, I started going to this church that was affiliated with a group of churches called New Frontiers. And they they started in the United Kingdom. You also went to this church a bit with me. I did. And they had a very different view on gender than how I was raised. And they were very vocal about it. It's funny. I don't remember that. And I think I mentioned in the last episode, I repressed a lot of stuff. So it's very possible that I was just like, I don't believe in that or whatever. I'm just going to let that slide and not pay attention to what they just said. Um, but I don't remember that at all. The only thing I remember about that church is that they sang pretty cool songs. Yeah, they had the upbeat music. There were, you know, lots of cute guys. And yeah. and there it was a young church. It had a cool vibe. You know, everyone was wearing jeans and there were drums. And it just kind of like, it just felt, it felt free. And it, it felt cooler. But when I look back to the Baptist church I was raised in, I'm like, they were actually way cooler because in 1954, they ordained a woman. Maybe they're a little more subdued in their wor- the way they worshipped. Yeah. So you're going to click on this video. So this is Terry Virgo talking. He is the founder of New Frontiers. It used to be called New Frontiers International. And some people would joke and say no females included, like NFI, because they're very, very complementarian in their views. So it's like a five minute video. So we're going to watch the whole thing. So biblical understanding would be that you would see the husband as having a position of authority within the home, head of the home. There is a leadership responsibility there. Um, How is that carried out? I guess some people would resist it, thinking, well, surely that sets up a a bullying regime. You're saying you give this guy the authority. What about the poor wife and kids? You know, Paul is very clear. The New Testament is very clear and ordered in the whole way in which this is taught. And certainly it's possible for uh, someone in a position to quote one section and to say to his wife, you're supposed to submit yourself to me. That's really not the point. The point is that the wife is uh, addressed from the Bible. Her role is clear. His role is clear. And for each of us to obey the role that is set out for us. Uh, (laughs) Is it? the least surprising thing in the whole world that a man is speaking and saying that basically men are better than women. Sometimes I feel like submission and headship and all the things in the Bible are just obviously made up by men just to control women. Yes, absolutely. And I was going to just give a quick little aside. So Sean McDowell. Oh my God. Sean McDowell has (laughs) one of his podcasts where he has an egalitarian and a complementarian debate their views and they're all men and then in the in the youtube comments it's like it would have been nice to have you know have some women on here if we're talking about you know the role of women wouldn't that be nice and i also have to uh, just read a quick response from sean mcdowell so i uh i started messaging sean mcdowell on instagram oh my god did he message you back he did yes no and i asked, i told him i was doing an episode on headship and submission and would love to hear his thoughts. And he said, that's probably not my lane, though. I'd reach out to an outspoken complimentarian for that topic, dot, dot, dot. What does that mean? So I don't actually know. I scoured the internet trying to find his actual views. And I don't know. I don't know what Sean McDowell really thinks. There was a podcast on one of his websites by another couple, and they said that they're essentially equal, but they have the... 50 51 rule so they each have 50 50 percent say but if they if they can't come to an agreement 
then they defer to the husband and he gets that extra 1% to make the, the decision. Yeah, so... So I think Sean, McDow- Sean McDowell likes being controversial, but mm. only with certain topics. I think that he doesn't want to touch this. I can yeah. see why a lot of modern pastors that are trying to, you know, be hip and cool and relatable. Hello, fellow kids. <laughs> yeah, like they can talk about, you know, they can talk about things like homosexuality being wrong, but they need women. Like women make up like 70% of church attendance. And mm. the women of now, women in, in 2022 little less submissive so i feel like they have to kind of reframe and rebrand and just kind of avoid talking about submission and headship okay. terry virgo gives zero shit so we can continue with him he, oh, God, he's I, happy to talk about it i hate this guy so much godly elders responsible church leaders will encourage people who say we're going to get married so oh, well we would love you to come through our marriage preparation program where we sit look at the bible together what do we feel about what the Bible says about these values? And so when we were married, Wendy said, no, I want that line in. I will obey. Wendy is his wife, and he's talking about how she wanted in her marriage vows to say, I will obey you. What? Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up, Wendy. I mean, some people want to avoid that. But she said, no, I want to say that. Been working it out ever since, of course. But she would want to say that, and we want to come back to that all the time. And I need to all the time come back to, am I really making choices that honor her, respect her, and sacrifice for her? It's a constant reminder that one has to come back to. I suppose anyone wanting to kind of wield those verses as a husband, you're supposed to submit to me, would be missing the point that they're... Their leadership is to be a servant-hearted leadership for the benefit of their wife. Oh, so it's for the benefit of the woman. Um, mm-hmm. mm. <laughs> Women are, I trust, being given room and space, but there's a different role. And uh, it reflects the Trinity, that in the Trinity, each member of the Trinity is very God. And uh, when Thomas bowed down to Jesus and said, my Lord and my God, uh, nevertheless, you find in Jesus a submission to the Father, and not so, oh, I'm not going to do it your way. I'm, I'm equally God. I don't want to do it this way. You find, he says, this is the cup the Father's given me. And there's a very real submission within the Trinity, though he's still God. And we are working out family life, reflecting something of Trinity, where equally we are valued, made in God's image, made in God's likeness, but having different <sighs> roles. Oh, my God. Okay. Just done fucking thank god oh god here you have a man who is he's benefiting tremendously from the role of you know the role of being the head of his marriage having a wife that's obeying him and deferring to him and then he's also benefiting from having men in leadership and the different with the difference with new frontiers that is like super super sketchy so within, I'll speak to like comparing it to Baptist because that's how I was raised. Within the Baptist church, once you are baptized or a certain age, you get a vote. Even if there's a pastor, the members still vote on major church decisions. So it's almost like a democracy. It is, it is very democratic. So with Baptist churches, you have, you have the pastor and then you have a board of deacons. And in a lot of Baptist churches now, deacons are both male and female, but they would be the ones that would you know, kind of decide which of the decisions would go to the church to vote on. And so that 
that's the structure of the Baptist church, much more democratic. But the, the structure of New Frontiers is very, very top down. So you have elders. They are not, they are not voted in. They are just chosen by other elders. As they would say, they are selected by God. Like elders, old boys club? Yeah, old boys club. Elders must be men. And they're very, they're very aggressive about their selection of elders. So I have a friend. Her little brother was... So my friend's little brother was going to this church that I went to that was associated with New Frontiers. And, you know, he's been accepted into med school and he's moving away. And the elders of the church had a meeting with him and they said, it's God's will for you to enter into eldership here. And he's like, "Uh, no, like I'm going to med school. Like that's what I feel like God wants me to do or that's what I feel passionate about. And they're like, you're walking away from God's will. You're rejecting God's will. Who are they to say what God's will is? Right? Isn't, Isn't if you are a Christian, God's will is something very personal to you and God. But the problem with these churches is that a small group of men have all the power. They have all the power for all the decisions. So like when I was 18 years old, I went to the UK and I worked. I worked in a church in the south of England that was associated with New Frontiers. It was a year of discipleship, which meant I was working 70 hour work weeks without getting paid. What? Yeah. Sarah, we've been friends, best, best friends for how many years? 15 years. Yeah. And I have I did not know this yeah it's closer to actually 20 because we're old but we are old but yeah so so I was working like 70 hour work weeks and this was kind of a gap year before I before I started university and we also had intensive theology courses and I had to write essays and all those kinds of things and they were in charge they told me which books I could and couldn't read there were some books on theistic evolution and he said your faith the pastor there said your faith is not strong enough for these books and I mean it obviously wasn't because you know once I (laughs) once I started (laughs) he was correct actually yeah he was right he was right and then there was someone else my other counterpart said I can picture you backsliding and he was also right backsliding is a term for Christians that kind of fall off the bandwagon so yeah I was in this church and I they had a contract that was like, you'll stay here till August. But before I signed the contract, I said, I want to go home in, in May or June because I'm going to be starting university and I'd want to just have, you know, some time in the summer at home before I go away for university. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Just sign it and bring it up with us later. So in like March, I was like, just so you know, like I'm going to be leaving in May. And they had this this big conference called New Day that was happening in August and they're like, oh, no, you can't leave in May. You have to go to New Day. Like you, They said that. And then I was like, no, like I'm going to leave in May. But then the elders, the elders, the male elders had a meeting without me and decided that, no, it was God's will. So they're like, we're just not letting you. You actually can't leave. You're held by contract. And yeah, so they're like, you, you can't. So they sat me down. With a, and there was another woman present. They sat me down. And they said, "Look, we have elders have met, and you know it's really like it's really on God's heart for you to stay for New Day in August. Like God's going to do amazing things there, and like God wants you to be there. Like you have to, you have to stay." What did you say? I, I was like, "Okay," and then I went home and cried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so then that I mean, 
that whole experience and it, it was just so hard because I wasn't allowed to preach at the youth groups like I had to do a lot of the behind the scenes stuff I had to work more with like the babies or with the women and then the the man that was my counterpart would get like all the because there were two of us doing this program that year and he would get all the credit and like it's it's so hard because yeah I did have some really good times there but didn't they make you slaughter a lamb yeah yeah they made me slaughter a lamb that's why I'm uh pescatarian now because yeah so a lot of I feel like a lot of things kind of go back to my experience within New Frontiers but it's interesting to see now because when we get into the episode on uh, homosexuality there was do you remember Rob Bell he was like a big he was a big uh, Christian author so the pastor of the church I went to is named Andrew Wilson and he's like a big name in Christianity now so it's really interesting to see like he's really gotten a lot more popular Andrew Wilson was very, very big on, you know, like equal worth, but different roles. Equal, but different. Fuck that. So, so when I came back to Canada, that was almost the nail in the coffin for me and Christianity. Obviously, there were a lot of other things just relating back to, you know, if the Bible was actually what Christian said it was and just looking at science and everything. There are a lot of other steps in the journey, but the thing that started to get the wheels turning in terms of questioning my faith was was just seeing a total disconnect between the the roles prescribed for men and women in the Bible and then what I felt like was actually right and what I saw in real life. There's so many stories I have from that year and it's just yeah, it's just shocking to see that they still hold the same views. I was actually looking at the church that I worked in and now they let they let women preach, but they don't let women be elders. So they have evolved a little bit in their understanding of gender. Um, Andrew Wilson has has evolved past thinking that, you know, like the man should be the one that's always teaching men. So I think I think it's good to see that they've evolved, but obviously not enough. I mean, you see, yeah, Terry Virgo. I just, I couldn't imagine as a woman putting it in my vows to my husband that I will obey you like I want to hear I want to hear your view on this a little bit because I mean you're in a heterosexual marriage but you're like your role is very um it's kind of traditional roles but not in the sense of like headship and submission if you want to get into things a little bit I'd love to hear like your your reaction to these things so yes I am in a heterosexual marriage and we kind of subscribe to traditional gender roles, but not consciously. It wasn't like, oh, I was raised like this and you were raised like this and we have to enter these roles. So I, before we got married, you know, yeah, we lived together and I worked and he worked and everything was pretty equal. During COVID, we both worked from home, but his job was a lot more demanding. So then I started cooking and cleaning more, but that kind of just was fine. And then we had our daughter and then I stopped working and I'm home on maternity leave and I actually am a stay-at-home mom now on maternity leave and I cook and I clean and I do all the chores and basically he gets home to a home-cooked meal like he lives he lives the life but it is something that I'm actually enjoying however I'm not doing it for him. I'm doing it for our daughter. 
and it has really nothing to do with pleasing him or you know of course I respect him and he's awesome he's a great person but I'm not doing this because I'm the wife and he's the husband it just kind of happened to work out that way I personally wanted to want to be the primary caregiver for our daughter like it is just it's in the instincts but not all women have that and that's completely fine too like it's just it totally depends but I would never like when we make decisions in the household like are you 50 51 like go fuck yourself it's 50 50 because we're both people that have opinions and we're almost always on the same page with major decisions but if we're not then we find a compromise that works for both of us like are you like he would never make the final decision in anything like no so on another subject along the same lines is that I'm obsessed with following Christian influencers and I'm obsessed with following anti-feminist specifically Christian influencers that love to be traditional wives and a lot of them try to explain away why they're doing the submission thing like you know they willingly want to submit to their husbands in the more hardcore way they're not like oh you know we're like kind of equal but he makes the final decision it's no it's like he is the head of the household I am secondary so they're like before we love anybody we love Christ the most so God is number one on people they love and then it's each other and then it's your children so like the wives are like my husband I always make his dinner plate before I make it for my children and my I love my husband more than my children my husband comes first like I cannot imagine loving anyone more than I love my daughter like if if you want to love Christ more than you love your children I can't help you there that sounds crazy to me but I understand that a little bit more than loving your husband more than you love your children I find that really really disturbing what I find disturbing is having this formula that makes sweeping generalizations just based on anatomy and, you know, just based on maleness and femaleness. Because if you do look at men and women, there is a bell curve and there is so much overlap. We are much more similar than we are different, but obviously there are differences. And and it's interesting because the more egalitarian societies they tend to be more polarized in terms of the the choices that men and women make around careers so i'll explain this a little bit more it's called the uh it's called the gender paradox so if you look at places like sweden norway places that have really really tried to make gender parity in everything you know there's always like paternal leave and and you know they try not to use boys and girls within classrooms so when men and women are free to make choices women tend to be more interested in careers involving people and men tend to be more interested in careers involving things i think that when you look at how we evolved like men being more interested in things like if you think about that hunter gatherer it tended to be men that were you know men were hunting women were gathering and that's where the division of labor like in an evolutionary sense it makes sense but now we live in a society and we have contraception and you know we there doesn't need to be a division no, of labor and because we can go to the anybody can go to the grocery store and pick up a steak you know you don't have to go i you know uh, if we're looking at me and my husband who is a male and who is like six feet tall and i'm five two and very weak you know like just the way that our bodies are built yeah if if we were living in a hunter-gatherer society our gender roles would be very well suited for us but we don't but we don't I think really 
if when it comes down to it it should just be like people should be allowed to do whatever the fuck whatever they want, they, want. <laughs> they i just don't think we should be prescribing like absolutes based on gender it should be based on ability i think i think it just really depends on which relationship you're what kind of relationship you're in like what you know mm-hmm. how much someone makes how much someone's interested in and i don't think as long as you know as long as it's not someone lording it over the other person i think you can be you can be in like a quote unquote traditional gender role, but still equal. Yeah, I I agree with that a hundred percent because it's kind of what I'm doing. Like, I would never say in my marriage vows that I need to go obey my husband. <laughs> Just laughing. I'm sorry. It's that so is so bad. It's... I can't even say it without laughing. It makes me so so uncomfortable. I just I just can't imagine being in that headspace because even you know from day one. Like when I was when I was twelve, so at the time when I was twelve, the church that I went to didn't have female deacons. Some Baptist church churches did, some didn't. It was kind of like an individual thing, and deacons are the ones that kind of sit on a board and help make decisions. And I uh, I made a whole petition, <laughs> and I got like you I got did. like over a dozen signatures. Yeah, and I and I remember like going through scripture and like having the argument all like written out on loose leaf paper like highlighted um i think they actually they have female deacons now but it's just funny. were you the pioneer of the- <laughs> no. that is so funny sarah the youth pastor at the time was like you don't get this you're 12 like you care too much like you're gonna when you're older you're gonna understand and i'm like no, and you guess what? You're older and you don't still don't understand. Yeah, and I don't understand. I mean, I understand conceptually. Like, I can I can see their point of view, but I can't imagine. I've known you since we were 12. Yeah. And I don't know. I didn't know any of these things about you. Yeah, I was like, I was like reading like theologians. Like, this is like your secret little life. Like, I was reading like, you know, like on Christian feminists. And I was going on all these like forums because this is before there was really like a centralized, I don't know, like there wasn't Reddit. There weren't, there wasn't social media in the same way. There wasn't Facebook. And I was just going on all these random like forums and like emailing people and talking about this. (laughs) Wow. Really? Sometimes I'm like, I was, I feel like I was robbed in a way sometimes that I put so much mental energy into this. But like at the same time, I think it was good because when it did come time for me to cut ties with Christianity, I was like a hundred percent certain of my decision. I think that if you didn't have this to research, you would have been understimulated a lot in your childhood. Yeah. I don't know what, what, what you would you have done if you weren't questioning God the whole time? Right. If you didn't have a book to question, you would have had to find something else to occupy your time. It's true. You're psychotic. Yeah. I love it so much. So I thought I had a couple other things that I wanted to share. So I tried to look to see, you know, is there actually a basis for this within within research? Like what kind of relationship is superior? What works better for men and women? I love scientific research. Yeah. And so it was really hard. Like, I feel like a lot of people don't want to touch this, but I found um, an overview of the research, which we can link in the in the show notes. But it's an article by Dennis Priado and the summary of this of his findings. And he's a Christian and he was looking at, okay, how as a church do we we use data and kind of see which model is actually better? like the the hierarchical model of marriage so the complementarian view or the uh, egalitarian 
view of marriage. And so here are just a couple quick points from his from his findings when he looked at all the literature. And this was in 2004, but I couldn't find anything updated that was this comprehensive and I really couldn't find anything that was super recent. So couples who share power and responsibility equally and don't file follow a hierarchical marriage model are 450% more likely to be happy than those that are in <laughs> complementarian marriages. So they're way happier. So if you're in an egalitarian marriage, you're way happier. Good Lord. Yeah. That's so crazy. Well, I mean, yeah. no, no Christian who is into submission and headship would ever even read that. They, they'd be like, you're a heretic, <laughs> you know? Right. It's true. And couples that were in traditional marriages, they experienced more spousal abuse. I have heard that. Yeah, more than egalitarian or atheist marriages. And then about 82% of couples where both spouses identified being traditional reported being unhappy. So this, as much as I'm kind of sharing this from a female perspective and talking about my experience, I want to acknowledge that like this isn't good for men either. Like, this is a lot to put on men being like, they believe actually that like you are held accountable for your wife's sin because Adam was held accountable for Eve's sin. And it said that the sin is through Adam's bloodline. That is what's said in scripture, not not through Eve's. So man is accountable for not just himself, but for the woman and for the children. Like, that's a, that's a lot. They have to feel shame for things that they didn't even do. And they're yeah. already feeling enough shame as it is. So that's Jesus like a big, Christ. that's a big burden. And mm-hmm. it's also, it's, yeah, it's just such an unhealthy dynamic because it opens up the door for abuse. I'm not saying, I know there there are tons of traditional, the vast majority of traditional couples that have those gender roles. It's not, there's not abuse, but I can see how it can open the doors to it. Do you know anybody that embodies these gender roles, like anyone our age? Yeah. Hmm. And so... I know someone who is married to her husband and she like posts things on Facebook being like, I'm so blessed to have such a great leader for our family. And she, you know, it's kind of your classic, like she, she's a stay at home mom and she's got a quiver full of kids and she's homeschooling. And, and so, yes, I've definitely, I definitely still see people that are, ascribing to those kind of gender roles I do think it's less and less what uh, denomination was she is she a part of um it's some non-denominational like I don't know some little tiny church that meets at like a community room and yeah those are the worst ones <laughs> I know it like it's worse it's worse than New Frontiers because like New Frontiers oh. was like women can work <laughs> <laughs> your children can go to public school so yeah thanks new frontiers yeah so there there are i just want to say i know i've said a lot about new frontiers but there are churches that would make new frontiers look super woke so i oh, went to yeah. a church once i had a friend that was raised brethren so the brethren church they don't have a pastor all the men 12 and older 12 so all the boys 12 and older take turns preaching so no woman can talk during church they can't lead worship with music <laughs> so, you, so you can't you what? can have a woman 
with a fucking PhD in theology, but then they're going to be like, this 12-year-old boy whose voice is cracking can talk. Oh my God, I'm sorry, but imagine being a 12-year-old boy and you have to lead a service. Oh, that'd be horrifying. Yeah, and it'd be horrifying to listen to, too. And women also have to wear head coverings, too, in that church. So I went once with her, actually, when I was in high school. What kind of head covering did you have to wear? Uh, Some of them had, like, these doily things, and I wore... I wore like just like a beanie. What? Are you serious? Oh, well, there you go. Whoa. Okay. So back to what we were talking about. So you said that um, new fr- there's churches that make New Frontiers look super woke. Yeah. And that, well, I mean, a lot of cults make this kind of stuff super woke, right? Like there's obviously denominations of Christianity. There's a huge spectrum. Oh, yeah. But New Frontiers, I'd say, is more towards the crazy end. It's definitely very complimentary it's just not the craziest and i kind of not respect that's probably not the right word but i like that they're upfront about it because i feel like there are other churches that maybe have those views and they're like we're just not going to talk about it and it's like so swept under the rug and it's in the underlying current of the the culture of the church yeah okay so we'll give them like only a tiny bit of credit that they're open about it but i don't think that excuses that the fact that they do that oh yeah absolutely not like i remember I remember sitting with them, like sitting with like one of the elders and his wife and hearing, you know, about their roles within their marriage. Because for them, it's not just about male and female roles. It's about heaven and hell. Like it's, I have some quotes for you to read. I'm going to send you a quote, okay? Okay. So John Piper is um, a theologian and pastor uh, for Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis. And he has a very, very complementarian view of marriage. Quote, headship is the divine calling of a husband to take primary responsibility for Christ-like servant leadership, protection, and provision in the home. And what are your thoughts? I don't like that. I don't like servant leadership. Excuse me. Like, I mean, this is no different than anything we've talked about. It's just, I just, yeah. What are your thoughts on it? Uh, my thoughts are that it's well it's just like when they say divine calling and that like they have to take again it's taking that responsibility that men are going to be held accountable for what women do like it infantilizes women yeah and well obviously they're saying women are inferior to men and that we're basically servants they typically think that women are see that women are more emotional than men sure but what does that have to do with decision making? I could argue personally that being emotional is better for decision making because in my traditional heterosexual marriage, I'm the emotional one. So I'm the heart and he is very logical. He's the head. He brings a lot of logic into arguments and I bring a lot of emotion to arguments, but you need both. Oh, absolutely. But my decision-making ability is not hindered by the fact that I have emotions. In fact, it probably helps a lot. Because I can see things that he can't in decision making. Yeah. And I mean, if we, I think that it's funny that we view emotions as a bad thing. Because if you want to use the word emotional, like men tend to actually be more emotional than women. It's just in the form of anger. Yeah. Emotion, emotion sets up differently, right? Mm -hmm. It's funny that people are like, oh, women, women shouldn't be the leaders. But you look at most wars ever. And they have been caused by men. I'm not saying men shouldn't be in positions of leadership. Absolutely not. I think the differences in general between men and women, I think that it's good that you have different types of people 
to, you know, to see things from a different perspective. And you need those voices in across every walk of life, right? Politically, and I would argue within within religion, because the way that religion has been used to to propagate sexism and homophobia, transphobia, um, you know, racism, it's like every kind of ism and phobia. It, you can look to the Bible and prescribe it based on a set of verses. Like for instance, in Ephesians 5, when they, at first they say all, you know, everyone needs to submit to each other, but then they go around and afterwards Paul talks about specific roles. He talks about women submitting to their husbands. It talks about servants obeying their masters, children obeying their parents. So again, women are very infantilized. Women are very subservient Mm -hmm. if we're compared to a Mm -hmm. servant and a master. And that was used for, it was actually slave and a master in some translations. And that was used for centuries to justify slavery. There's a biblical case for slavery. And you can be, you can be a good master. You can, you know, respect your slave and take care of them. But you still, (laughs) I don't give a fuck. You still have a slave. Yeah, you still have a slave. (laughs) Yeah, you can take care of your slaves, but that doesn't change the fact that you have slaves. There's no argument for that. So, so funny looking back on this and thinking that I sat around and actually listened to people and didn't, I mean, I questioned the headship and the submission piece, but it wasn't enough of a red flag for me to leave that organization. You know, I still I still went and toiled like a slave for them 70 hours a week in the UK. And I guess what I find super interesting is that the Bible can be interpreted in basically any way. You can basically say whatever you want with the Bible. And I think that's the issue that Christians are having because there's no one Christian. Like there are so many different expressions of Christianity and there are so many different views within Christianity. We're going to come up against this a lot. I think in most of our episodes that scripture can just be twisted in any way possible. That's why there's so many different denominations and every denomination has their own specific little beliefs, even if they only vary slightly. Oh, exactly. They're all very different. I'm happy to see because I think I think really that we're probably as humanity, we're probably always going to have religion with us. I mean, maybe not in the future. Who knows? But I think religion is going to stick around in one form or another. And it's encouraging to see that the tides seem to be changing within Christianity. I do think there has been some churches, some churches. I think that I think that the divide is getting wider like the extreme is getting more extreme on each side that that's what I get nervous about that we're only because of our algorithms we're only really seeing the the more progressive church stuff but perhaps many churches are going the opposite way I've ruined ruined my tiktok the algorithm <laughs> is ruined now I'll just be like scrolling through and there's like fall outfit ideas <gasps> cute lesbians living in a van and then (laughs) and then it's like some dude talking about how you know how men are meant to be the protectors and providers of women and I'm just like what is your who does your TikTok think you are I know someone who's like well who does my Google think I am now like I have to like my YouTube looks seriously messed up right now because it's like baby shark and then like submission and headshot with Sean McDowell (laughs) 
Yeah, that's your life right now. My um, my Google searches are just, they're out of control. They're, they don't make any sense anymore. <laughs> Nothing makes sense in my life. We've, we've beaten the algorithm. <laughs> so that is submission and headship. And I'm happy to see that things have progressed and very happy to shut this chapter and not to have to go back to the word and <laughs> look at it all because... Yeah, it's a little bit of a trigger. Yeah. It's a little frustrating. Okay, bye everyone. Submit to your husbands. <laughs> <laughs>